0: Sometimes when a man and a woman love each other very, very much, um, and a person
1: and another person person
0: and another person. Okay. I'm going to start again. I regretted it immediately.
1: That was good. Hey, welcome to another episode of neurotic tornado. This one I thought was going to be a silly short little episode where I joke around about how I dread some things and it got deeper and darker and messier than I expected. Maybe that's what happens every episode. I honestly don't know how to describe it beyond the term that my wife came up with during the episode, Spiral of Foreboding. That's as good as anything I can think of. So, good luck. Here it is.
0: Hey, so we were going for a walk a month ago, and we had this conversation where as we were on our walk, you got a piece of news that someone was following you on YouTube, someone you'd reached out to, and for me, I was like, that's great. You know, they got your email and they, you know, they know you exist. And you had kind of a dark response. Do you remember what you said?
1: I remember thinking something awful about it.
0: Yeah, you were like, "Um, oh, it just means that when he oh, no, it's terrible news for me, from my point of view, because it means he's just going to be disappointed in my book.
1: Yes. So uh, this was the a radio personality. He does a great podcast, radio show about, or interviewing people, all kinds of people, but a lot of writers. And I sent him a note, you know, curious if he'd be interested in my book and chatting with me. And a few days later, he followed me on Twitter. And just to see his name there scared the shit out of me. Because my first thought is, if anyone has any expectations of me, they're going to be disappointed. I mean, it turned out he he read my book, he liked my book, he wants to interview me, everything's good. But that first moment of somebody's looking at me scared the crap out of me and kind of conjured up some old feelings that I hadn't felt in a while about like, oh, they're going to be disappointed in who I am and what I'm capable of. That's normal, right?
0: No. I, I mean, you're sure not the only person who feels that way, but it's an interesting aspect of you that something that is good news. S- guys, says you. <laughs> yeah. Well, even I'm um, getting a book published. There's this interesting contradiction. You know, you put your book out there, got picked up by a small press.
1: Um, a big small press. A big
0: small press, actually a very reputable small press who have been like, It's so interesting to see how this publishing is different from the last time you got published because they clearly have a methodology that I don't remember the last place having at all. But it is not all positive news for you. Like, there's a lot of hard feelings that go along with being published, and they're right in line with what you're talking about, about that thing with the radio personality. So it's like, good news. Good news, everyone.
1: Good news, everyone.
0: And you're like, like your brain goes, bad news, everyone.
1: Yeah. You know, I have this weird mishmash of feelings. It's like I'm an exhibitionist who's terrified of people looking at me. (laughs) I mean, it really is. I mean, why the hell would I do like this podcast about my personal issues? I do videos. I write books. I keep doing all these things that reveal things about me as if I love to get myself out there, and it freaks me out to be out there in various ways and have people looking at me.
0: Yeah, there's something that's really important to you about connecting with other people uh, through all these different media, mediums, media.
1: Yeah, I think that's correct, even though it sounds wrong.
0: (laughs) So on the one hand, it's really important for you to connect, and then when something's out there, and especially the, the more public it is, to really, I don't know if scary is even the right word. Like there's a big feeling of doom or it's like a worst case scenario.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it, there's like, there's two parts of me. There's one part that is comfortable with who I am and happy to open up about it and show all, all of me, the warts and, the um, non-wart parts <laughs> and, uh, alongside that there's this little child who's filled with shame and terrified and both of those appear at the same time yes yeah, so what is that you know because i sometimes call it dread shame insecurity you know obviously there's some old childhood stuff going on but you know how do how should we name this thing i mean I don't even know how to name this podcast episode until you tell me what it's called.
0: You know, there's an overlap too with the last podcast we did. You know, you just said this is related to my childhood stuff, and it could be. And it also could be related to those obsessive thoughts about, like, you're not good enough. You have really mean thoughts about yourself.
1: If I wasn't such an asshole, I wouldn't have those <laughs> thoughts.
0: Right. And so when something good happens, like someone notices you, you immediately, or I mean, it just is our, sometimes it's just an instant turnaround about like, that's just because they don't know enough yet.
1: Yeah, I'm going to disappoint them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to watch a few of my friends who have books coming out at the same time frame as my books coming out. We're all going through different elements of this process. You know, I think all of us are having ups and downs. You know, there's some delightful aspects of it and messy. Some of the messy stuff I don't even want to say out loud because I feel like my stuff is so dark compared to my other close friends as far as what it brings up in me, (laughs) which is weird because in general, I, I feel pretty good about myself in a lot of ways, you know, compared to... 20 years ago. Yeah. But I I think this really serves to clean out those dark closets, you know, events like this.
0: Events like?
1: Like having a book come out. It just new things come up that, you know, I didn't realize were there. And even though there's some exciting stuff, there's also some dark things about, I don't know, is it shame? Is it dread? Is it obsession? Anxiety? A blend of all those things? Is it childhood stuff? Is it just cognitive or thought processes that I've gotten used to? I don't know what it is. But more public facing things like this really brings some of those tricky things out.
0: Yeah. And do you think so recently, you got a positive review from an important source? And um, does that handle the dread? Like, so they read your book? Yeah. And, and so their response, they responded, and their response wasn't disappointment, So then does that get to stay positive?
1: Yeah, when I received that positive review, you know, first, you know, I checked it a few times, I think in the obsession episode, I talked about looking at it a few times. And it did make me feel more okay about myself. But I think it's a little bit like superficial in that it's like, I'm okay for now. But I don't know if this can last. And I don't know if this is maybe even like childhood stuff. Like, my dad likes me today but he might be mad at me tomorrow or you know that there's something with like do you remember the last line of seven samurai <laughs> uh, in in that uh movie there's a wonderful Wait, line is
0: it i'll be back
1: no <laughs> you you're in you're in the ballpark somehow no uh, but in at the end of seven samurai after this brutal battle that killed many of the samurai the few that survived as they i think they're at the grave where their fellow samurai have fallen, and the hero says something like, "Once more, we survive." <laughs> that line goes through my head all the time, even if I'm even if I'm misquoting it. Uh, but like another day, we survive, where it's like, whew, I made it! I made it through unscathed." But that doesn't mean tough stuff isn't coming.
0: That sounds like you're in. A war zone.
1: Yeah, I think there's some trauma I'm carrying. I don't know if it's immigrant stories, Holocaust stories, if there's like some kind of thing I'm carrying that goes beyond my life experience because I have to work on that part of me. And I think when I talk about dread, it's kind of like fighting a, a trauma that's coming up, whether or not it's my own story. It's like it seems similar to that feeling people describe even if it's a cousin to first-hand trauma. Yeah. Oh, I didn't expect to get there today. I thought we were just going to have a lighthearted romp about <laughs> dread. Um,
0: yeah. I, it
1: was supposed to be just just a, a whole gag. This whole podcast is supposed to be a gag.
0: There is no gag on dread. That is not a...
1: That's a good t-shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, in our, in our early days together, you would, um, you would get anxious and we'd be doing something. And then all of a sudden I would look at you and be like, what happened? What happened? Where, where did you go? You just changed. And
1: where I'd get so serious, we'd be joking. And then all of a sudden there'd be like this heaviness on my face. Yeah.
0: And you would be like, I'm not sure you like me or something like that. And we, we couldn't identify like, what was the moment? And you know, maybe there, maybe there was something that happened that we just weren't sensitive enough to identify at that time. But I remember thinking that, or maybe even saying to you, that you have a problem with, do you know what object constancy is? There's a better phrase for it. Object permanence? Yeah. You know, for a baby, it's when, like, you know, you hold up a spoon, and then you put the spoon out of their sight. And for a young child, the spoon doesn't exist anymore. And, um, And so it's a stage of development where... The spoon goes away, but they know that it's still there. Like peekaboo, that's what makes peekaboo fun. That's why
1: peekaboo is so intense for me because <laughs> I don't have object permanence. Uh,
0: you think I really disappeared every time we play?
1: That that metaphor or that example, I do relate to it. In that I I'm okay for the moment, and then I, the next day it's no longer fair game to trust that thing that I I kind of knew the day before. There's something like that. Yeah. You know, I'm a lot smarter than a dumb baby in that <laughs> it doesn't disappear immediately. Like, it takes about two hours <laughs> before I no longer know the spoon exists.
0: Although although when we were together in those early days, sometimes it would happen immediately. Like, there would be a moment like, what? What just happened? Where did you go? Like, what?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Well, I don't know if this will derail us. I don't even know if we're on a rail. Yeah. But... There's something that happened there that I don't think I. it was easy for me to admit because you would just like make a joke or just say something or even just look at a text that came in from someone else. That would be a symbol for me that you don't love me. And I was maybe even too embarrassed to admit. Mm. It's the fact that you checked a text or you looked away at something that was like the evidence for me that you don't care about me if you Mm -hmm. really loved me blank 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 you know i don't know what it was but it was like you failed an impossible test
0: yeah i remember you as we were talking about it you said something like i can't help but feel like if you could do things just a little differently (laughs) that i wouldn't do this (laughs) and i was like 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 what and maybe this is where you, maybe you knew when you were embarrassed. I, I can't tell in retrospect. Yeah,
1: me neither.
0: I but, can't remember. Uh, you were like, you know, I, well, I don't know. And um, and I remember being like, this is a, like if you had a review and your boss is like, you're basically a good employee, but there's something bad about you, but I'm not sure what it is. But
1: Try to do better. Try and do better. Like,
0: <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to.
1: Yeah. It was almost like if I revealed to you, the test, it would make the test no longer valid or something. Yeah. But but it was also an impossible-to-win test, you know, because I had expectations of you at the time that were not fair for any partner to have to go through you know what i mean it's like you know you, you if you just go pee it's like that's proof she doesn't love me she <laughs> she her bladder's more important than i am uh but whatever it was it, i like i kind of knew part of why i didn't want to talk about it too much is i kind of knew it was an insane requirement mm. but emotionally it still held weight so that doesn't happen anymore And so why is that? Because now we're talking about like some of these things are coming up with my book launch and whatever's going on, you know, right now. And yet I've overcome this quality in many other areas.
0: Oh, really? No, just kidding. I was like,
1: like, oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) I've, I've reverted. Maybe it was our dark periods. See episode... I don't even remember what episode that was, but I do think, you know, things got so messy in our relationship at one point. And when we came out the other side, I felt like it was a less magical, idealized relationship. It it was more realistic. And I understood my wife does have to pee occasionally (laughs) and that doesn't mean she doesn't love me or whatever it was. You know, there was something, it shook me out of that trance. I don't know yeah. if it's legal to use the word trance. But that uh, that kind of nonsense thinking uh, that allowed me to go jump to doom yeah, uh, for very trivial things.
0: That's interesting. I would never have guessed like, oh, I thought, you know, when you say this magical thinking about how it should be and that you came out of it with a more like real world view of what someone else is capable of that they're that – they have other, even, you know, they have to pee or whatever, but that.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if it was good or bad that I came up with the pee example, but it somehow <laughs> kind of reflects the madness of that time for me.
0: Here's, uh, see, I would have made a different guess. I think one reason we got closer, actually, I think I got better at paying attention to when I get, you know, even just get a little upset or have my feelings hurt, and I communicate that with you. And then we got better at taking care of that, often really in the very beginning of when it starts. Like if one of us thinks the other person is um, not in the right, you know, that there's something going on, we ask the other person. I think we got better at communicating that. And so we stopped being in this cycle so much of like, you said something, my feelings got hurt a tiny bit. I changed in a way I didn't know I changed, then you were like, "Oh, she's acting cold towards me." And then pretty soon we're like, "It's like something is wrong." Where if we just stopped and said, "Hey, that that thing you said, I know you didn't mean anything by it, but it hurts. That hurts my feelings because it taps into something that I think about." Or
1: I see. So so we learned how to talk through it and own it earlier on in the process rather than to let it. It's
0: more like relationship ooze. housekeeping where it's like you know, as opposed to letting stuff build up in the kitchen for months, you just like wipe the counters down every day. Like, we're just nice. Whoa. Yeah. Maybe I, we
1: need to do a kitchen cleaning episode.
0: And then I have one other thing. I also think the pandemic actually has been very good for us.
1: Yeah. I've loved the pandemic <laughs> so far. It's awesome. Well, tell me more about the pandemic.
0: Well, when the pandemic began, uh, all of a sudden you, me, and our younger kid uh, all worked out of the house you know we all the kid went to school my job shifted from having an office um oops to um being here at home and then you work from home so all the extracurricular activities that we're involved in but maybe I'm involved in more like all got canceled visiting friends especially in like the first few months we just ended up spending a lot of time together i think i have been learning to like trust you more and feel safe being close to you and that you're not going to hurt me in some way. And that during the pandemic, we went about doing things in a way that showed care for one another.
1: Yeah, we were looking out for each other when, you know, every, our lives shifted a lot. Everyone was at home all the time and we had to figure navigate our way through it and we kind of did it together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I think for you, I think you had always wanted for our family or for you and I to spend more time together.
1: And I I started this pandemic (laughs) to force this to happen.
0: Like, I don't know what it would take for you to find security in this realm of book publishing. In a way, the dream, well, the dream for a book is that it gets published. And then the dream, once it's published, is that it will get very famous. But if your book got very famous, that would be awful. (laughs) (laughs) See?
1: It's complicated. Uh, I want it to be sort of famous, but not too famous, but a little. Do you know at the end of The Incredibles where Dash is on the track team? And the whole family is watching him, but he—they d- don't want him to overly show off his superpowers. But right. they want him to do pretty well. So they're, they're all like, "Yeah, go faster! Oh no, not that fast! Go faster!" Run! 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 Come on! Come Come Yeah! Pick
0: up the pace! Come on! Ah, no, come on. Pull pull no, no! Pull no, no, back! Pull, no, pull no, no, back! No, Patient. go just a little bit.
1: But don't give <laughs> up. Make it close. For a Second, second Close play! Second. Close second. Second. Yeah. 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 That's my boy. That's how I feel. It's like I want it to be successful, but not too successful. I
0: it's don't know, funny because so I can high. I can picture Dash's face as he's going like, Yeah, this is great. Oh no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's good. No, <laughs> I'm not, you know. Yeah.
1: Maybe okay, that helps that you've kind of brought us back around as like working on feeling secure and comfortable and safe. In a relationship, we can kind of nurture it and learn tactics and tools and systems. I think maybe why it's coming up now is because these relationships are happening with public figures or outside sources, and it's a little more complicated to manage that. You know what I mean? With If, like, I'm freaking out about something with you now we have some tools to talk about it but these other things are coming in from outside places and so it's a slight the process the methods are a little bit different even if similar when they're not in-house you know what i mean
0: yeah. So, are you saying that we should bring the whole world into this house?
1: Every time someone follows me on Twitter, I'm going to invite them over for dinner. <laughs> no. We're going to talk through our stuff.
0: <laughs> no. Uh,
1: figure out like how we need to discuss things. They're going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to see if that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I think we've solved it. I mean, we just, in how many minutes we've kind of right. re- solved these problems? Wrapped it up. So, originally, I was going to call this one about dread like i thought we were going to talk about dread i don't think we're talking about dread or that's maybe not quite the right name for it yeah it has to do with the root cause of my insecurities and how that comes out in different ways is that closer i mean that's not a good title for a podcast episode
0: (laughs) the root cause of my insecurities and how it comes out in certain ways
1: wow yeah let's yeah that's that's all that's a mouthful but is that is that right like i think i just i i like to say dread because there's a part of it that involves dreading things
0: so i might have alluded to this before but i'm going to extend things out for just a minute even though it's going to get
1: worse before it gets yeah, better. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, you know, you have some stuff from childhood, like everybody does, and we're saying that this lack of security goes back to that time. However, part of my theory about you with the obsessive thinking is that not only do you have a negative belief that comes up, like, I'm going to disappoint that person, but you really have the ability to, like, have that feeling overcome you, like, overwhelm you. Yeah. Can you picture how this is?
1: So much so, I don't even (laughs) want to hear you talk
0: about it. (laughs) Yeah, and that's where I think the, the word dread comes in, because when you get in that spiral of foreboding...
1: Wow, that's a good title.
0: Yeah, it's not just that you got triggered and you had this negative thought, like, you know, someone's following me on Twitter... They're going to be disappointed. But then you, like, not all the time, but some of the time, you really, like, spiral down on that. They're going to be disappointed. And, right, that feeling gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, that that's, I think that is accurate, Eric. I'm not, I just, just to clarify for the listeners or a listener, if we just have one person (laughs) listening, I'm not, I'm not like always like this or entirely like this. This is just like little elements. Uh, Someone on the podcast is making a suspicious (laughs) face. But, you know, like I, I, I'm mostly pretty balanced. And it's just that these little, moments where I I get overwhelmed or overcome by this stuff. And it just it's happening a little more often now. And so I just kinda wanted to talk it through. But it's it's not like a daily thing.
0: The world is not a a secure partner. This the the world is not a secure parent and so having the world out there deciding whether it likes you or not is Destabilizing.
1: Yeah. If it's, if I've learned anything from playing the video game Elden Ring, it's that I suck at video games. Okay, sorry. No, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Okay, well, well, cool. So I wonder, do you think it's fair now that we've agreed that I have problems to close it down or to, to wind this down? Yeah. This season, we're not talking as much about our relationship as much as my my own baggage. But one thing one subtext to this conversation is that we've learned how to work through some of our messier stuff.
0: That's true, and
1: um that probably helps a lot of these things going on.
0: yeah, I don't nice. know
1: what my point is about that, but yeah, so maybe I'll figure out what to call this thing this episode, and then I'll know how to end this episode.
0: <laughs> Can wrap it right up.
1: Any final words? before we move move along in our day?
0: I really don't envy the editor of this episode.
1: I am pretty nervous about how the editing will go, even though I feel like we got to some cool things that, in fact, I'm quite disappointed that we got to good enough stuff that I feel like I'm going to need to edit this episode <laughs> rather than throw it out.
0: Yeah, my apologies. <laughs> no,
1: that's no, good. Well, thanks, honey. Yeah.